Welcome to College Q&A. I'm Justin Myrick, and I'm happy you're listening in. Today's topic, we'll discuss in just a minute. How about a little intro music first? All right, we are live with episode number three. The question, how do we handle conflict? This is certainly something that plays such a major impact on our lives, especially in how we handle it how we respond to conflict. Some of you may have noticed new conflict over the last few days and weeks as we have been quarantined at home. Let's be real. If you're sharing life, you're sharing conflict. And that's okay because we're all different with different personalities and just unique in the way we see things and the way we feel things should work. Here's what's important. Exploring exactly what the question asks. How do we handle it? How do we respond? In this episode, we have the privilege to hear from our associate pastor at First Baptist Church, Mike Cloud. I'm excited for us to listen in and learn from Mike when it comes to dealing with conflict. Here's what he had to say. Thanks for joining us today as we consider the question of how to handle conflict. Since the very first conflict in the garden between Adam and Eve, By the way, remember when Adam blamed Eve for his sin? Ever since that moment, every generation has experienced disagreements and differences. Job 14.1 says, Man born of woman lives but a few days, and they are full of trouble. So knowing that life is short, and it is indeed full of trouble, for every person, by the way, how can we handle conflict? Let's consider three basic principles we can apply in answering this question. One, there's conflict in our response. Second, there's conflict and reflection. Third, there's conflict and reconciliation. First, let's consider conflict in our response. There's three basic ways to respond to conflict. One, we can escape. We can deny the problems exist, avoid the conflict altogether. Two, rather than escape, we can engage, we can discuss, we can negotiate, we can seek to to make peace. Lastly, the most destructive is evil. Many times, conflict leads to destructive responses like slander, assault, even murder. So the responses include escape, engaging, or evil. Now, First, there's conflict in our response, but second, conflict should actually lead us to reflect. Psalm 139, 23 says, Examine me, probe my hearts, test me, and know my concerns. See if there's any wicked way in me. Before we say anything about anyone or to anyone, we should first look within and pray to God and say, God, Why are these things in my heart? Jesus himself said, what should be in our heart is love and the desire for peace. Jesus said, I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. God can use the problems found in conflict to to cause us to grow and to lead us to be more like Jesus. It is true, adversity builds character. I encourage you today, if there's conflict that you're facing, reflect, pray, 
Ask God to give you a heart like Jesus Christ. So there's conflict in our response. There's conflict in reflection. But then lastly, let's look at the relationship between conflict and reconciliation. You know, there are three dimensions to peace. There's peace with God, there's peace within ourselves, and there's peace with others. First, our most serious conflict is with God. We need peace with God. And thankfully, the Bible tells us we can be reconciled to God through faith in what Jesus did for us on the cross. Secondly, there's peace within ourselves. And peace can often be elusive. But Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. The third dimension to peace is peace with one another. And Romans 12.18 tells us, Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Consider the relationship of conflict and reconciliation. Do you have peace with God today? Do you have peace within? And are you living at peace with everyone around you? I hope you've enjoyed this discussion today. And I want to ask you, how are you doing with conflict? How's your response? Are you spending time in reflection? And I pray today, most of all, that you'll seek reconciliation with God, find peace within, and peace with others. Thanks for listening. I'm so grateful for the wisdom Mike is sharing with us here. It's worth paying attention to. Something Mike mentioned was one response to conflict is to make peace. It reminds me of a story, and I actually want to share that with you now. This story goes back to my junior year of high school. You know, there are some memories that stick with you for a lifetime, and the following is one of those for me. This story is one of the most impactful things I've ever witnessed, and it speaks to how to handle conflict in the right way, in the most humble way. It was the summer of 1997, and First Baptist Church of Ella J., Georgia took a group of young students to Super Wow on Jekyll Island. I think there was about 25 to 30 of us on that trip. And the week was designed to help students learn more about God and how they can know Him and tell others about Him. And I know that was the design, but i got to be honest and say I don't remember much about the large group meetings or preaching times. But what I do remember has carried with me ever since. One night after large group, we all got together for a fun activity. Ultimate Frisbee, Capture the Flag, the game I don't remember. But what I do know is that it got competitive quickly. It started off fun just like any game with teenagers would, but as the game went on, so did the competitive drive. And I don't know exactly what caused it, but I distinctly remember my two good buddies nearly in a fist fight and all of us having to hold them back. Noah and Christopher. They never threw a punch, but boy were they angry. The game phased out, but it was still clear to everyone that they were furious with one another. Well, shortly after, a youth pastor, Tim, who I'm so grateful for, he gathered us up and had us sit in a circle. It was quiet. He wasn't talking. We were all curious what was about to happen. Tim brought out a bucket of water and a few rags and set it in the middle of the circle. We sat and listened as Tim challenged us to follow the example of Jesus and wash each other's feet. He walked away 
left the bucket in the middle, and joined us just sitting there. Then there was silence. It was awkward for sure. Man, I was honestly starting to think that we were just going to be sitting there staring at that bucket until Tim caught it at night. And then came the unexpected. As nearly everyone was probably thinking how silly this idea was, a young man stood up and began to make his way toward the bucket. It got serious real quick because that young man was Noah. It got serious because Noah had earned the respect of his peers and was looked up to by so many, including me. It got serious because everyone was wondering whose feet he was going to wash. Noah slowly took that bucket and a rag and then did something I'll never forget. He walked right up to Christopher, took his shoes and socks off, and washed his feet. In that moment, he literally washed the feet of his enemy. They were furious with one another. Noah displayed an act of humility and love that to this day, I don't know that I've seen a better example of. God has reminded me of that moment often over the years, and I'm forever grateful for that. I'm forever grateful for Noah and the day he showed me how to humble myself and consider others better than me. He showed me in that moment how to love those who may not love me back, possibly even angry with me. He showed me how to do what God is asking you to do regardless of what others may think or how silly it may sound or look. He showed me that life is always better when you obey. He showed me that the way of Jesus is unlike anything the world has ever seen, and it's powerful. We all watched as tears flowed from these guys' eyes. No words needed to be spoken. They forgave one another and were brothers once more. There was conflict that night, and Noah could have sat there angry, but he didn't. He humbled himself, and he made peace. He chose to make peace. It reminds me of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount when he says, Blessed are the peacemakers. Noah inspired everyone that day. And it was clear as student after student followed his example and washed each other's feet. I'm not sure who else remembers that night, but I'm serious when I say it has had the most significant impact on my life. Thank God for Noah Harris. Years after that memorable night, on June 18, 2005, Army First Lieutenant Noah Harris died serving during Operation Iraqi Freedom. He was a true hero, a peacemaker, former high school state wrestling champion, University of Georgia cheerleading captain. In fact, Georgia's first game back after the 9-11 attacks was in Athens, and it was Noah Harris with a giant American flag in his hand, who was leading the team out on the field. And guess who they were playing that day? The Arkansas Razorbacks. Noah's legacy made such an impact on so many people, but above all his accomplishments, what I'll remember most is the night he washed the feet of a young man he wanted to fight just moments before. I'll remember the way he handled that conflict. I'll remember his example of what it means to be a peacemaker. That's my challenge for us today, to be a peacemaker when conflict arises. 
Remember, wherever there's conflict, there's opportunity to make peace. That's the gospel. It's the gospel at salvation, where we have conflict with God from all the wrong things we've done, and how peace is made available through the life, death, and hey, we just celebrated Easter for a good reason, for the resurrection of Jesus. It's also the ongoing work of the gospel in our life right now. We all have conflict. Are you and I making peace in those situations? Or are we making excuses? Peacemakers don't make excuses. They take ownership, humble themselves, and find a way to make it right. Thank you all for joining in on today's episode. I hope and pray it blesses and encourages you. And I want to invite you to keep asking questions. Let's keep the discussion going. Until next time, I'm Justin Myrick, encouraging us all to stay connected to church, connected to each other, and most importantly, connected to the God we love and serve. God bless.